Power and Paradox by the Kinky Pet, Chapter 32. Summary. Thanksgiving Part 2. Still no turkey, but talking and bonding and more fluff than anybody asked for. Chapter dedicated to that which yields and all the kind and generous readers who have helped keep me motivated. You are wonderful. The Joy of Submission, Volume 2, The Male Submissive, by Melissa Keller and Jonathan Schwartz. Copyright 1978. To my darling boy who is becoming a man, a small gift on the joyous occasion of your presenting. Remember, you can always talk to me about anything. I'm delighted to have another sub in the family. I'm so proud of you, Tony. I love you more than I could ever say. XOXO, Mom. Table of Contents. Section 1. Getting Started. A bit about biology, presenting, puberty, and physical change. Exploring your body. What is submission? It was cold outside, even wearing a thick sweater. He really should have gotten a jacket. Jarvis slipped on the heat lamps without asking. Tony shivered and leaned against the railing as he looked out at the New York skyline. His breath misted in the chill air. It wasn't very long before Tony heard the glass door slide open and closed again. Tony held in a sigh. Mrs. Rhodes meant well. Maybe she wouldn't want to talk about it outright, or maybe it was Rhodey and... Tony glanced over. It was Steve. Tony turned his attention hastily back to the skyline. If he ignored him, maybe Cap would leave. No luck. Steve wandered down the balcony a little ways, maybe six feet from Tony, then leaned against the railing to look up at the moon. Tony braced himself for questions or an awkward, sure is nice out, or something, but the moments turned into minutes, and Steve just stood there silently, gazing at the moon, not even glancing in Tony's direction. Not that Tony kept glancing at him to find out or anything. Tony's shivering abated as the heat lamps kicked into full swing. The air was crisp, cold, but not punishing. Tony looked out at the dark expanse of Central Park. Over across the city stood the mansion he'd grown up in, ostentatiously claiming a whole city block. He'd be going back there tomorrow morning, back to where Mom and Howard... Want to know what my old man said when I presented? Tony hadn't meant to say anything, but suddenly the words were pouring out of his mouth. Tony turned, and Steve answered with a solemn nod. First rounds of tests, he said. It's obviously a mistake, and patted me on the shoulder, but once I came back the same again and again, full sub, he wasn't so confident. There was this new test, hypersensitive, just brought over from Geneva, his last hope. Tony laughed and shook his head, turning back to the cityscape. Looking at the final round of results, Howard said, dazed, like he was in a state of shock, right in front of me, like I wasn't even there anymore, but he was supposed to change the world. Tony grimaced. He could still see it, the look on Howard's face as if, you have. Tony's head snapped up. Steve looked embarrassed, glancing away as if he hadn't meant to speak. Tony laughed, not the bitter ugly sound from before, and Steve turned with a tentative smile. Yeah, Tony said with a bit of a smirk, leaning his hip against the railing. I guess I have a bit, haven't I? Steve nodded and just looked at him, smiling. Tony glanced away, feeling uneasy. The silence stretched between them. It's weird, you know, Tony said eventually. I was supposed to be you, and now here you are. What? Steve looked bewildered. I was small growing up, Tony said, shrugging. With a laugh, he added. Still am, I guess. But Howard always talked about how the greatest dom he'd ever known had been small, too, at first. And I'd be a great dom, just like his best friend, Captain America, and on and on. Tony swallowed. I had posters of you in my room as a kid. Of course they came down when he'd presented. Cap was supposed to be his role model, not his pinup fantasy. Steve swore under his breath. It sounded pained. Tony wished he'd brought out a glass of scotch or something. Sorry, Tony said, wishing he hadn't spoken. That's not on you. I shouldn't have said anything, just... It was weird, you know? Meeting you. The guy he wanted me to be, just, you know... Weird. Tony waved a hand dismissively, trying to find a way to change the subject when Steve blurted, He didn't even like me. What? 
Howard, I didn't even think he liked me. Really? Tony asked, intrigued. It seemed impossible. Yeah, I can't believe he called me his best friend. Steve hasn't to add. Not that we didn't go on submissions together and get along okay. I liked him fine. I did. But just... Steve frowned. I can never shake the feeling I was this fascinating experiment to him, proof of his genius. And he was so worldly and sophisticated and beyond brilliant, and I was just this... Steve cut himself off, shaking his head. Sorry. Tony stared at him. Holy shit. My old man made Captain America feel inadequate. Part of him wanted to laugh. Steve turned to Tony with his full-on earnest face. Tony, I'm sorry. I didn't know. He, uh, I mean... He fumbled along awkwardly until Tony cut in, waving his hand. No, no, don't. It's fine. Wasn't so bad, really, Tony said, suddenly self-conscious. Jesus, it was decades ago. Poor little rich kid. And Mom was great. Great? How fucking inadequate was that? What was it like when you presented? Tony asked, at once curious and eager to shift attention from himself. Were you relieved to be a dom? God knows I would have been at 13, and I didn't live through the Mary Jacobs trial. No? Steve hesitated for a moment. I don't think so. Not really, anyway. Steve shook his head. Mostly just surprised, I guess. Tony let out a little snort. Sounds like you were more willing to be a sub in the 30s than I was in the 80s. How fucked up is that? It's not the same, Steve said adamantly. I was just a poor kid from Brooklyn. I wasn't heir to an empire or famous or anything. And there had been a point not that long ago when Tony would have thought his whole just-a-poor-kid-from-Brooklyn line was false modesty or a jab at Tony for his wealth and privilege. Now he knew Steve meant every word, neither proud nor ashamed, just stating a fact as he saw it. I mean, Steve went on, nobody's going to care how I presented. There was no Howard. And if I'd have been a sub, it wouldn't have been a surprise. We always figured I'd be inverted. Tony suppressed a wince. Uh, Steve? Tony said. We don't say inverted anymore. It's considered pretty offensive, actually, since it applies there's a right way to present and femdoms and male subs turned out wrong. Steve was giving him that startled look of his. Big blue eyes, tight-drawn brows. I'm so sorry, I didn't mean- No, no, Tony cut him off. I know you didn't, just I figured you'd want to know. If you want to talk about femdoms and male subs as a group, we usually say minority orientation or presented minority. Not a value judgment, just statistically more rare. Get it? Steve nodded. Yes, that makes sense. A pause. Thank you. I, uh, it's still disorienting here, sometimes. Steve swallowed and looked down at the city. So what did everybody think when you turned out a dom? Tony asked, hoping for a distraction. He took a couple of steps down the balcony, closer to Steve. Steve shrugged and turned to him. Mom just kind of blinked and then said, I only have white candles for you. He smiled, gaze gone soft at the memory. But our friend, Mr. Schultz, brought a beautiful cake, a huge lacash, and he covered it with dark blue candles. He even brought hamantaschen for everybody. Not that we needed many. It wasn't a big party or anything, just me, Mom, Mr. Schultz, and Bucky. Father Gabe dropped by, too. Steve looked lost in thought, expression wistful for a moment, then concluded with a shrug. It was lovely. Tony was brimming with curiosity, but struggling to formulate a question when Steve turned to him and said, I bet you had a really swell cake, and... He'd begun smiling, but looked uncertain as he finished. A great party? His voice trailed up, almost a question. Tony shrugged. My presentation cake was some huge seven-layer monstrosity, lacy vanilla icing and a bazillion white candles, and Mom wanted to do some sort of chic soiree with a ton of society guests, but Howard put his foot down. Said presenting was just biology. It wasn't an accomplishment to be proud of. Of course, he just meant being a sub wasn't something to be proud of. 
Tony shook his head, laughed, at least partly with sincere amusement. At least you saved me from some hideous cotillion. I'd have hated it. So there's that. Steve was frowning, pensive. But Tony didn't want to talk about Howard anymore, so he hurried to say, So, was Bucky surprised that you were a dom? Yeah, Steve answered softly. He was surprised. Steve's expression went pinched as he stared at the skyline. Shit! Why'd you ask about the guy he's mourning, stupid? Tony bit his lip, wondering if he should apologize. Change the subject? So does they go inside to join the others? Shit. I told you, right? That I presented real late? Steve asked quietly, turning his gaze to Tony again. His eyes looked down to the arc reactor, and Tony realized he'd been tapping at it nervously. Tony placed both hands firmly on the rails and nodded. Steve continued. It took ages for me to show even a hint of a dominance notch, and we figured my voice was breaking because I'd been so sick on and off that spring. We only found I had presented because Mom sent in a round of tests to be sure I was really over the sweats and could go back to school. They saw the spike domesterin in the results and let her know. Steve swallowed thickly. Bucky was working two jobs after school, so I wasn't seeing him much then. I left a note for him at Magdalene House, just saying that I presented and my party was on Sunday at 8. I wanted to see his expression when he found out. Steve sighed. I didn't stop to wonder until years later if maybe that punched-in-the-gut look on his face wasn't just shock when he saw the blue candles. Steve shook his head. He disappeared on me for a while after that, started chasing skirts left and right all of a sudden, became a real smooth ladies' man. Always ladies. Steve sighed and smiled a sad little smile. It was years later, talking to Father Gabe, I finally wondered if all those times as kids, Buck had talked about the two of us opening a shop, going to California, just him and me, till the end of the line, if... Steve swallowed and his hands went tight on the railing for a moment. If maybe he'd been picturing it different from me. So yeah, Steve said, voice heavy. He was surprised. The wind whipped up suddenly and Tony shivered. It's getting cold, Steve said. I think I'll head in now. Yeah, Tony said. Good idea. I'll be in in a minute. Steve nodded and turned away. Tony listened to the glass door sliding open and shut. He took a long, deep breath and let it out very slowly. Heavy shit. He took another breath. Jesus. Steve. Bucky. Fuck. He was tapping the arc reactor again. Pepper to be proud, though, right? They'd finally talked about Howard, and wouldn't you know it, dear old dad was even a condescendingly dick to the man he later called his best friend, name-dropping bastard. Tony grimaced. Tony could hear laughter inside, even through the thick glass. Yeah, time to go in. Pepper had woken up to chat with Rhodey on the couch. Natasha and Clint were on the love seat having a tete-a-tete while Bruce, Mrs. Rose, and Steve stood in the kitchen. There you are, dear, Mrs. Rhodes said as he entered. We were just discussing your bird. Uh, is that a euphemism? She frowned at him. No, Tony, dear, you bought a 30-pound turkey. Do you have any idea how long that's going to take to roast? Um, no, Tony said, rubbing the back of his neck. So, she said, mouth corking up a little, I take it you didn't invent a new type of oven to roast it efficiently. No, Tony said haltingly, but if I started now... Mrs. Rhodes patted his hand reassuringly and shook her head, clearly amused. Oh, right, she was teasing. Don't be silly, dear. The oven you have is fine. Just want to be sure there isn't an arc reactor in there to mess up the timing on my pies. Nope, just an oven, Tony assured her. But if you wanted a special oven and could describe... Mrs. Rhodes shook her head and waved a hand to shush him, then turned to Steve. Well, Captain, you'll have to get an early start on that beast. I hear you volunteered to roast it. Well, sure, Steve said uncertainly. I mean, yes, but I'm sure you have far more experience and... With a 30-pound turkey? Mrs. Rhodes said incredulously. I don't think much of anybody has experience with that, but we can calculate it, I'm sure. Now, Bruce, you were going to make the green beans, right? And a green salad? 
Tony drifted away from the kitchen as Mrs. Rhodes marshaled her troops and gave them their marching orders. She knew better than to let Tony cook. Christmas 1991 had pretty much put an end to that. What? He'd paid for the damage? It's really not a bad sign, Rhody, Pepper was saying. What's not? Tony asked, popping on the couch between them. Rhody sighed. Miranda, she was supposed to be here, but she bailed at the last minute. For a good reason, Pepper cut in. Yeah, just... Rhody sighed again and explained to Tony. So her best friend from grad school, Jen, was engaged to be married this spring, and two days ago, her fiancé dumped her, out of the blue, just walked out, called off the wedding, and took back his collar. Shit, Tony swore. No offense, but this girl, uh... He waved a hand. Jen. Yeah, Jen, seriously needs her more than you do right now. Yeah, I get that, Rhody said. But I offered to come with her, and she said no. Come on, Rhody, you're smarter than that, Tony said. Of course she said no. But we never get to see each other, Rhody protested. Between her teaching schedule and me overseas, Rhody, the last thing her friends need to see right now is a new couple in the honeymoon phase, Pepper cut in. Please say you were cool about it, Tony said. It's good she takes care of her friends. That's a good thing. Yeah, no, you're right, Rhody said a little sullenly. Please say you were cool, Tony repeated. Yeah, I think so, Rhody sighed. I just really wanted her to meet you. And yeah, that made Tony feel warm and jealous all at the same time. Shit, it's serious. Hey, where is she anyway? Tony asked. Williams College in Massachusetts. Hell man, that's not far. Have Miranda tell you if she gets a little time free. Like, once Jen's cried herself to sleep, you could swing by in War Machine. You think? Rhody asked, hopefully. Sure! No, Pepper frowned at Tony, then said firmly. Or if you're going to try that, don't ask. Just tell her that you can get to Williams in however long it takes, if she would like you to. But if that she's too busy with her friend, you understand. Uh, yeah, Tony said with a grimace. You should probably listen to Pepper on this stuff. James, Mrs. Rhodes said, coming over to them. It's getting late, and we'll have a long day tomorrow. I'm heading to bed. Rhoda gave his mom a hug and a fond, good night, mom. You got settled in the guest suite okay, right? Tony asked. Sorry, I should have showed you instead of Jarvis. Does everything you need? I can... It's lovely, dear. Mrs. Rhodes cut him off and wrapped him in her arms. She held him in a long, lingering hug. I'll see you in the morning. Mrs. Rhodes, ever a trendsetter, started the chain of good nights. One by one, Bruce, Natasha, and Clint took their leave. Steve lingered a few moments, then waved kind of awkwardly at the couch and said, Good night. See you tomorrow. Well, Pepper said, getting up and stretching. I guess it's time for bed. Rhody nodded agreement. What? No! Tony cried. You're kidding me with this shit, right? How often are three of us actually together? Tony, it's been a rough quarter, Pepper protested. All the more reason! Tony grabbed a bottle of scotch. She smiled. All right, man, Rhody said with a grin, but just one drink. The Joy of Submission, Section 2. Support Networks, Family, Friends, and Fellow Subs. Discovering Your Preferences. Dating Dominance, Fact and Fiction. Communication, Communication, Communication. Consent, Safe Words, and Silent Alarms. Domination versus Abuse, Recognizing the Warning Signs. Hey, Pep, Tony said, pouring them each a generous scotch. What's going on with what's-his-face, that guy? Oh, you mean Jeremy? She grimaced. Dumped him, fucking poser. That sucks, Rhody said, patting her hand awkwardly. What? Tony cried. I thought he was promising. Me too, Pepper grumbled. Turned out he was an asshole. Well, shit. Tony frowned and nudged her glass closer. Uh, drink? Just really wish she were here, you know? Rhody said, gazing into his scotch. You'd like her, Tones. She's super fucking tough. You know, people think the humanities are all sub-friendly and shit, but not history. 
That shit is still fucking dominated and twice as bad as in military history. She's up for tenure soon and they still ask Miranda to do the catering. Fucking bullshit, Tony agreed, pouring them another round. And Jesus, Rody cried, waving his hands. Her advisor at Harvard propositioned her. Pepper scowled. That's disgusting. Makes me want to go down there in War Machine and give him a piece of my mind, Rody said, throwing back the scotch. A dopey grin spread across his face. Except Miranda would rip my balls off if I tried it. He sounded incredibly pleased. You're gonna like her tones. You too, Pepper. Well, I'll drink to that, Pepper said, raising her glass. And it's the same in the boardroom, Pepper cried. She waved her glass and a little scotch sloshed over the right edge. As if I need double Domesterin to run Stark Industries, it's like I can't let my guard down for even a minute. We have awesome vacation benefits. Scotch sloshed over the left edge. I know, I overhauled that program. But when did I actually manage a proper vacation, huh? Damn straight, Tony cried. He poured them another round. To shoddy journalism, to the dubious morals of tabloids, the smarm of celebrity rags, Tony cried. Fuck wits all! Yeah, Rody sighed heavily, his shoulders slumped. Pepper's face went tight. Tony, I'm so sorry that they... No, Tony cut her off, raising his glass. No talking, just venting, and drinking! Shots! They'd switched to gin when the scotch ran out. Shots. Pepper and Rody agreed solemnly. Okay, happy things. Miranda and Rody. Tony got shakily to his feet, glass raised high. To bringing down Ling Incorporated. The Liberationist Coup. The Avengers. Hear, hear. Pepper and Rody answered, clinking their glasses together. Jarvis, give us some music, Tony demanded. I want Brittany and Beyonce. Of course, sir. Jarvis, Tony called out on sudden inspiration around one in the morning. Wake everybody up! Let's share this party! No! Rody yelled, waving his arms. Blay that order, Jarvis! Do not wake up my mother! Yeah, Tony corrected. Not, not Mrs. Rhodes. Avengers team. Them. Tell them it's a party! Tony! Pepper whined from her perch on the coffee table. You said you'd sing with me! Things had gotten pleasantly fuzzy halfway through the gin, but Tony was pretty sure he and Pepper were bouncing on the table together, belting out, Girls just want to have fun, when the other Avengers arrived. Though maybe it had been when Rhodey, yielding to Tony's entreaties, had been passionately flailing his way through Smooth Criminal. Again, fuzzy. Rhodey really was a terrible dancer, but he loved Michael Jackson. I believe we're behind, Natasha said to Clint as she fetched Tony's vodka from the bar. If you think I'm going to try and out vodka a Russian, you've got another thing coming. Clint called. Bruce mumbled something about multivitamins and maybe just one G&T. He was wearing a gigantic plaid dressing gown over matching pajamas. Wait, wait, where was... Tony, Pepper called, grabbing his wrist. Dance with me. Jarvis, give us something good. Jarvis chose all the single ladies. Pepper cried out in delight and started swinging along as Tony did his best to recreate the famous dance. Pep gave a little cat call and swatted Tony playfully on the hip as he put on a show for her. Alcohol tended to loosen him up, so his hip action was pretty fucking fantastic, until he overbalanced and crashed right into Pepper, who saved him from falling off the table. She clung to him, giggling as she lowered them both to a seated position. Shit. Shit. Tony. 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 It was Rody, Kind, strong Rody. Tony loved that guy. Tony. 
Rody said very, very seriously, leaning heavily on the table. You're drunk. You're... We're... We're really drunk. Water. You need to water more. Here. I'm... I'm gonna... Gonna get you some water. Mmm, yeah. Water, Pepper chimed in. Tony needs more water. To not. Not hang over. Pepper burped and giggled. Uh, how about I bring all of you some water? A familiar voice chimed in. Steve! Tony smiled, then frowned. Shit, Steve. Steve was there. Tony took stock of himself. At some point, he ditched his button-down shirt, leaving only a threadbare tank top. He felt this was a problem somehow. A Steve problem, but he couldn't remember why. Here, how about drinking some water? Tony stared the glass of water for a moment, then took it carefully in both hands and focused on drinking it. Pepper was a comfortable weight at his back, still bobbing along to single ladies. She almost made him spill. It was a good thing drinking a glass of water didn't usually call for so much attention. Pepper, Jim, I brought water for you too. Yeah, Rody said. Good idea. Rody promptly offered Tony his glass of water. No, no, Steve said. That one's for you. Tony already has some water, see? Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Rody drank deeply from the cup. Hey, Steve. Have you heard any Michael Jackson yet? Cause he's the shit. At some point, Tony made his way to the couch and sat watching the team, his team. Pepper was flailing around, or maybe trying to dance with? Natasha was holding a nearly empty bottle of vodka, looking perfectly poised and sober. Clint was showing an owlish-looking Bruce how to make some fancy cocktail, lecturing loudly in slightly slurred tones about the proper use of egg whites. And Rody, well, Rody was trying to teach Steve how to moonwalk. It was not going well. Rody was far from smooth under the influence, and though Steve was making a game attempt, he was horribly stiff-limbed. But he was so graceful in the training room. Steve glanced over at Tony, his ears turned pink. Tony smiled at them all and let himself drift. Here, Steve said, sitting down next to Tony on the couch and holding up a cup. Better have some more water. Oh yeah, Steve! Tony drank the entire glass of water, then dropped it on the floor, frowning. Shit, Steve. Steve, I... Tony bit his lip. I'm sorry, about... about before. Tony wasn't sure if he meant for asking about Bucky or something else, but looking at Steve, he felt a wave of regret. Steve just looked at him, puzzled. You have nothing to apologize for. Tony didn't know what to say to that, so it was a good thing Rody started calling out. Hey! Hey, Tones! I'm gonna call Miranda! No! Tony cried. He slapped Steve on the arm. Don't! Don't let him! Uh, should I go take his phone? Yeah, yeah, Tony mumbled, feeling a little muzzy. Better do that. Hey, Jim, could you let me see that for a second? Steve left to intervene. Soon thereafter, Tony fell asleep. I'm pretty sure he's fine sleeping on the couch, Jim. Nah, gotta, gotta help him to bed. It's my job. A warm, strong hand settled on Tony's shoulder. Tones! Rody's voice was too loud, though obviously trying to be quiet. Time for bed! Tony wiggled closer. Sleepin', he protested. Mmm, Rody pillow. Nuh-uh, Rody said. Gonna, gonna help you to bed. I really think he'd be fine right there, Steve objected again as Rody started trying to pull Tony up off the couch. He overbalanced and stumbled, flopping back down. After a moment's fumbling, Rody got his shoulder under Tony's arm and started to heft him up. Come on, Tones, bed, Rody coaxed. Okay, okay. Tony mumbled, offering loose-limbed compliance. They staggered off the couch and nearly toppled. Oh, jeez, 
But then there was another strong hand on Tony's shoulder, his cheek squashed up against a firm chest. Hey, how about I give you both a hand, okay? Mmm, Tony murmured. Come on, Tones, Brody mumbled into Tony's hair, pulling Tony's arm over his shoulder. Remember, at MIT? Mm-hmm. Mmm, Rody. Rody was the best. Slowly and awkwardly, half leaning on Rody, Tony stumbled along to the elevator, then down the hall. Why was his bedroom so far from the elevator, anyway? They started to tip forward, but... Careful. Okay. I've got you, Jim. Here we go. Tony and Rody resumed their awkward shuffle. Once they finally reached his bedroom, Tony let himself go boneless and flopped face first on the bed. Oof. Should have done that more gently. Okay, Tones, Rody said, rubbing Tony's shoulder blades. Bed. He paused for a moment and added, Missed you, buddy. Already drifting off to sleep, Tony heard Rody staggering away. A moment later, someone untucked the duvet and folded the covers over him, saying a soft, Good night. Notes. Thanks for reading. I was eager to share more of the story with you. Comments are cherished and inspiring. If you had a favorite bit in this chapter, I'd love to hear it. Also, FYI, on my 16th birthday, my mother gave me a copy of The Joy of Sex with an almost identical inscription. My mom is awesome. Thanks to Evil Kniesel, whose astute comment inspired some of Mrs. Rhodes' dialogue. Smiley face. Also, there's now a flashback story about Steve's presentation day, told from Bucky's POV. You can read it here. archiveofourown.org slash works slash 4474262. This is Anship. I really like reading people when they're drunk because it's super funny, and I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> also, there were feelings. Perhaps there should be more feelings. That would be fun, right?